Howdy folks, and welcome to the tailgate. For those of you just joining us, we're on a road trip across America to uncover the mysteries behind tall tales, fairy tales, folk tales, fish tales, and urban legends, one interview at a time. We inherited a truck from our late Granny Mae, discovered that the crystal, hanging off the rear view mirror, was more than just decorative. It's a thousand pendulum, leading us to the good folks behind the tales we all grew up with. We accidentally stole a canopic jar belonging to the mummy of Pharaoh I, who placed a death curse on us. But fret not, tailgaters, because we have reunited the jar with the others before the blood moon, and therefore... Broke the mummy's curse. No bones about it. No bones about it. Yeah, mostly just the organs. With that, I'm Harrison the Florida Man. And I'm Aaron the Cheesehead. We're passing through the city of Abilene, Texas, also known as the Friendly Frontier. Our journey on I-20 has come to an end, and we're now on our way back down to I-10. Oh, gosh darn it. What's wrong, man? Jesus, Mary Joseph. I think we got turned around because my GPS lost signal again. I was supposed to turn on to the US-87 exit, but I think I got turned around. I'm going to pull into this gas station real quick. Good call. Oh, well, how, about, how about we ask them local fellas over there on the sidewalk yonder for directions? Uh, local fellas? You yeah. mean those children there? Yeah. Well, I mean, well, it's that or wait for your GPS to work itself out. I mean, maybe we'll pass some cell towers or, or, or maybe one of them weird tree towers. Tree towers? Yeah, yeah you know, man, it's like uh, those the super obvious phone towers poorly disguised as trees. There's one right over there. Dort, that's not a real tree. Oh, hey, whoa, hey, those children are walking up to the car. Uh, one sec, little buddies. Hey there, so we got a little mixed up here. Uh, do you tiny people happen to know where exactly... Whoa, wah. What is it? I just... I suddenly feel like that. Give us a ride. Whoa. You kids have got something serious going on with your eyes. Dude, they're solid black. Y'all related to, to, to West Borland or what? West Borland? We need a ride. Can you let us in? Uh, as much as I am in a total state of shock and terror. I sound it. I'm with the creepy kids on this one. West Borland? Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, the, the guitarist and the backup vocalist from uh, from Limp Biscuit. You know, always wore the contacts that completely black out his eyes. I, I kind of rings a bell. I, th- I think he did it all for the nookie. What? The nookie. What? So you can take that cookie. I'm not sure if I'm more scared of these eerily insistent children or your well of knowledge pertaining to Limp Biscuit. They're from Jacksonville, Florida. Yeah, of course I know about them. Nah, that checks. More likely than not, though, I think these got the grades for Hafima. Grade four? They look more like grade first or second to me. Yeah, but but don't most first and second graders wear like, I don't know, like light-up shoes, Spider-Man shirts, and, and shit like that? And what's with their clothes? Look at it, it's been all antiquated and junk. Hey, you know what? That's a good question. Hey, you weird little kids, what's up with your antiquated outfits? Give us a ride. Okay, okay, jeez. What? No, hell no. Foot down, she said. Foot down. But, I mean, but just look at him with her cute Donald Duck-looking outfits. I don't know why they're not wearing pants. They're synchronized voices and eyes like bottomless pits injecting an overwhelming sense of dread into my very soul. How 
can you say no? Well, I just said no like four times. Just use any of them as a model. I mean, d- listen, think of our track record here. Okay. Pulled over by a fella in Algiers, Louisiana. Turned out to be the devil. Okay, okay. Just a few days ago, White Rock Lake. Picked up a hitchhiker. Turned out to be a ghost of a drowned girl. Okay, okay, okay. Right now, with these kids with their Donald Duck-looking outfits, synchronized voices, and eyes like bottomless pits injecting the overwhelming sense of dread into your very soul? Your words, not mine. Okay, 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 okay. Uh, but we can't just leave them outside like that. I mean, they're children for crying out loud. Oh. Wow. Never mind. They've already moved on to that van over there. We're lost. Can you give us a ride? Are we really that boring? Well, sure I can. Hop on in, pumpkins. Oh, well, the driver just let him on in. Would you look at that? Well, I'll be. Well, they seem to be driving off people enough. Oh, God, or not. Oof, that. So, I'm doing some research here on my phone. Sucks to be them. Uh, and apparently, them kids are a relatively recent phenomenon called the black-eyed children. Peas, children. What? What did you say? Well, I said what you said. Well, I said children. Yep. I could have sworn, you know. Black-eyed children. According to reports, they appear as normal children in every which way, except for their eyeballs, which are said to be completely blackened and void. They've been reported to be between 6 and 16 years old, sometimes wearing outdated clothes. Oh, like the ones out there. Mm. On rare occasions, they're said to have bird talons for feet. Uh, I don't know. I mean, you got a better look at them kids. They got, they got any bird talons? Uh, no, I don't think so, although that would make sense with the Donald Duck getup. One thing they do all have in common is their tendency to ask you to come into your home or your car, followed by an unshakable sense of dread. You know, I think I'd still prefer all that over the black-eyed peas. I definitely said peas earlier. I'm sorry. But to your point, I definitely was awash in some deep dread the moment those children arrived. What were they even doing here in Abilene, Texas? Well, Abilene seems to be the point of origin for the black-eyed children. One of the earliest and most credible sources of these creepy-ass kids dates back to 1996. From a man named Brian Bethel, who worked as a local journalist. He described the sensation as a soul-wracking fear. Oh, I mean, and why would a journalist want to lie? I mean, what could he even hope to gain from the instant fame he would receive from such a captivating supernatural narrative? Exactly. Bethel claims that two children approached his car asking for a ride. The oldest claimed that they needed a ride to the movies, but he noticed at the time of their film that they were wanting to see would already have been nearly over making the whole ordeal super suspicious. Well, feeling incredibly uncomfortable, he moved his gaze away from the children when their eyes became completely blackened and total fear seized his body. You'd think the kids would just open the door themselves if they wanted a ride so badly. Obviously, they have no sense of stranger danger or personal boundaries. <laughs> I'm telling you. Uh, Bethel goes on to explain that the children came increasingly impatient uh, with his Stalin, and they admitted that they couldn't enter the door unless given permission. Sound kind of familiar? Uh, yeah. It sounds like common courtesy. Also sounds like that girl from Let the Right One In. Well, I guess that character wasn't so much a she or her anymore as a they-dem. Which has led many subscribers of the tale to speculate that the black-eyed children are vampires, just like Ellie from Let the Right One In. And the American remake, Let Me In. 
which you know weren't so good as the uh, uh, the original Swedish. You know, Hammer Editor. Well, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who definitely doesn't look at anything dirty by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> Hi, mom. Is it? <laughs> is it? Is it like your cake day or something? Oh, no, I see. I bring it up because I frequent a creepy pasta and no sleep subreddits where stories of the black-eyed children are abundant. And these works of fiction cause a ripple of actual bona fide decades-old testimonies to resurface. I definitely trust Redditors. Like me. Yeah. Whoa, hey, look at the dowsing pendulum. It's going haywire. Oh. I, I don't see those creepy kids anywhere. What the heck? You think it could be another cryptid or spirit or urban legend? I mean, it's gotta be. I don't see them kids neither. I, I mean, what other ones are there between here and San Antonio? wonder what the Dowsing Pendulum's leading us towards San Antonio for. Know of any uh, cryptids or urban legends in that area? Ooh. Between Houston and San Antonio, there's said to be a donkey lady. Believed to stock woman holler and creek in Seguin. I'm pretty sure that's Seguin. Wait, weren't there, weren't there a donkey lady in, uh, what's that game, Red Dead Redemption? Oh, yeah. What likely started off as a glitch became part of the video game's canonized folklore as the skeletal remains of a donkey lady appeared in the prequel, Red Dead Redemption 2. Too red, too dead, too redemption. Actually, I'm pretty sure it was in the Texas part of Red, 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 Red Dead Redemption as well. So, But before we get down to business, what are we drinking today, Cheesehead? Well, today we're drinking a good old Texas favorite. Fuck that Texas shit. Today we're drinking a good old Maryland favorite, Natty Bo, baby. Holy fire. Some nightmarish demon bird just swooped down out of nowhere with murderous talons clinging to a case of beer. Hey. Interesting can art, though. The beer label features the face of some hush gentleman. Hmm. Kind of looks like the Monopoly man. Ain't gonna lie. <laughs> I, thought, I thought it was the, the Pringles guy. Pringles, Monopoly, No. This is the beloved Maryland standard. But is it good, though? I wouldn't fly out of Frederick for anything less. Hey. Right, let me try it. Let me try it. Let me try it. Let me try it. Yeah. <sighs> you, you know, it kind of kind of tastes like PBR. Oh, yeah, it definitely tastes like PBR. Well, as a Maryland resident, I am legally obligated to tell you that Natty Bo is now owned by Paps Brewing Company. And... That's the Maryland standard? Okay, you know what? I exert myself, flying from the old line state, halfway across America, to find you fuckers with a complimentary 24-pack of Natty Bows. And this is the thanks I get. Maybe I should kill you and cut my losses. Oh, shit, shit, look at her beak. It's got tentacles coming out like some kind of, uh, I don't know, like Lovecrafting and Big Bird. Wowzers, looks like she swallowed Davy Jones. And is that... Is that a big old pimple between her eyes? Pimple? It's a third eye. You know what? Fuck you guys. I'm out of here. No, 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 no. <laughs> fly back, fly back, fly back. Listen, we're, we're super sorry. We're super sorry, miss. Uh, it's just, I mean, I've never seen a creature like you before. Yep, my apologies. We were acting like bona fide jerks. Mm-hmm. <sighs> apologies accepted. We good? We're good for now. And thank you for the free beer. That's pretty darn kind of you. I know. And you're welcome, mostly. Okay. 
so what brings you all the way to Texas from Maryland? Yeah, why travel all that way here just for us? Why travel all the way to Texas from Wisconsin? You know what? Touche. So just who the heck are you anyway? I am a Snallygaster, Maryland's resident cryptid. Fuck you, Chessie. <laughs> Damn. Well, see, I didn't even know about Chessie. I-, I thought it was the goat man. Oh, come on. No, no. Chessie is like a river monster thing. She stole my husband. Uh, she oh, no. can fuck right off, slut. Goatman's there too, but like, come on. Goatman or a giant dragon bird with a tentacle beak? Like, who would you choose to represent your state? Don't say Chessie if you want to live. Okay, yeah, good point. Dragon birds sound way cooler, and Paleolithic water creatures sound fucking terrible. Plus, we already interviewed a goat man in Lake Worth, so we're happy to have you on the show. Yeah, exactly. And I flew here hoping to catch you on the podcast and promote my new museum. They made a whole museum about me. It's called the Snallygaster Museum, curated by the wonderful, beautiful, fabulous, best hair ever, Sarah Cooper. Some people even say we sound alike. Uh, yeah, fuck you, Chessie. You don't have your own museum. Uh, but, uh, I mean, Sarah and her Snallygaster Museum sound pretty lovely. And she, yeah, we'd love to promote your new museum here on the podcast. What, what do we call you, anyway? Are you just Snallygaster, or, or what? Snally's fine, but for the record, we do have last names based on the location of our birth. There's Snally Green, born in the woods. Snally Ride, who lives by the tracks. And then you have my family by the Surrey Brook Gardens. So you can call me Snally Field. Uh, (laughs) Your name is Snally Field? Yeah, is that a problem? I have a feeling you would kill us if it were, so I'm going to go ahead and stick with no. Good call. So tell us the legend of the Snallygaster, why don't you? Where'd you come from? What's your story? Well, I started making American headlines in the early 1920s, but uh, my name has struck fear in the hearts of peasants, farmers, and uh, slutty sea beasts for centuries. Snallyfield? <laughs> well, no, okay, not my name per se. Oh, yeah, the name, the, yeah, that uh, Snallygaster then. Well, yeah. Well, actually, no. Uh, you bring up a good point, though. The name Snallygaster is a bastardized mispronunciation of the German term Schnellergeister, which means quick ghost. German? Yeah. My legend traveled here with German immigrants, like back in the 18th century. I also use quick ghost as my rap name in Baltimore if you want to check out my SoundCloud. Anyway, uh, it caught on and flourished with the Pennsylvania Dutch communities. How'd you get the name Quick Ghost? Well, originally, I used my wings to just mess with people. Like, I would send gusts through their open doors and windows to scatter their papers, knock over shelves, things like that. You know, harmless pranks, well, eating a few kids and, and whatnot. Wait, 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 now hold the proverbial train there, Missy, because I am reading here in an article from AppalachianHistory.net that you were also associated with prohibition, that your legend Reemerged to scare off agents from exploring the woods where moonshiners ran their illegal operations. Apparently, the sound of huge explosions, titanic gusts of wind, and feral screams would erupt out of the forest. Reports of winged creatures, missing people, charred and blood-drained bodies, and even eggs of your offspring the size of barrels started sending people into a panic. Damn, like like local papers or what? No, like big one. The Baltimore Sun and the Washington Post, to name a few. 
Apparently, to alleviate some of the hysteria, the Sun even printed an article declaring the Snallygaster was dead in 1932. What a bunch of idiots. Obviously, I'm very much not dead. Maybe on the inside, but not on the outside. It says here that in the papers, hysteria grew to a point where the Smithsonian Institute actually offered a reward for, for the hide of the Snallygaster for scientific study, similar to how they plan to investigate Gene Shepard's reportedly captured hodag of Rhinelander in 1893, forcing old Gene to finally admit it was all a hoax. Well, speaking of 1893, that was the same year that future President Theodore Roosevelt published a memoir in The Wilderness Hunter to include a tale of the ferocious biped who had a horrible stench and walked to camps and mines, leaving behind large bear-like footprints. Well, neither Roosevelt nor his friend Bauman, the huntsman who shared his eyewitness account, directly referred to this unidentified beast as Sasquatch. Many speculate that Bigfoot was the culprit behind this gruesome encounter. Yeah. Roosevelt was also reported to have considered postponing an expedition in Africa to hunt the legendary Snallygaster around this very same time. That's pretty flattering. Like, to think that yours truly, a critically endangered species, could have the honor of being murdered and stuffed by Theodore Roosevelt and displayed in the Museum of American Natural History. That sounds sarcastic. That's because it is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Roosevelt couldn't be so bad. He helped Jack in the Newsies fight mean old Pulitzer and Hearst during the Newsboys strike. Really? Yeah, in the Disney musical. Yeah. Uh, in real life, though, the, the Newsboys strike of 1899 was led by a boy named Kid Blink, not Jack. And Theodore Roosevelt pretty much ignored them completely. Woof, yeah. So reckon all them reports about you prowling the hills were really just, uh, you know, some kind of ploy? By the Shiners to scare off the agents from investigating their illegal operations? No, I was definitely prowling those hills. Oh, you were? Yeah. I mean, where else was I supposed to get booze during Prohibition? I can't really fit into a speakeasy. But I did scare off those nosy, badge-toting turds from shutting down the stills of my honest hillfolk friends. We had a good thing going between us. I kept the police off their back, and they gave me moonshine. Well, that's perfectly symbiotic. Bet you scared them town folks and agents real good, though. Shit, you got like what? Like a 20-foot wingspan? 25, not to brag. Brag. Damn. Okay. Well, for y'all folks at home, want a full description of our lovely lady here? The Baltimore Sun, which printed them original newspapers uh, on the beast back in the day, did a more recent piece on the Snallygaster. Quoting local folklorist Ed Akonowitz regarding the creature's appearance. The creature has been described as having a very long wingspan. Claws? Sharp talons made of hot glowing metal, a long pointed beak, and a third red blazing eye in the middle of its forehead. According to another fella, used described as a half reptile, half bird, sporting a loud snapping metallic beak lined with razor sharp teeth, and possessing several octopus like tentacles. All true. I've got the tentacles here, see? Oh, Gotta mention it, since we also caught out the Lake Worth monster for, for this as well. But how in high heavens does a half-bird, half-reptile get tentacles? I mean, seriously, do forest folk not know how to, you know, do basic math? No, of course not. Well, I mean, to be fair, Florida man, we don't either. Yeah, that's fair enough. I do suck at math. Yeah, I dropped out of college. The freaky-deaky <laughs> descriptions of you continue, though. You've also been described in the 90s book Spirits of Frederick by Alice T. Weinberg as dragon-flying, child-and-animal-snatching monster... 
who conducted much of its terrorizing at night and had lots of hyphens in its name. I'm sorry, children? What the fuck? Alice, I don't eat children. It's a joke. Animal children, for sure. Who doesn't? Veal, it's delicious. But human children? Yeah, they're sacred. They're disgusting. Yeah. Wait, you meant to say sacred, right? I stand by my word choice. Hardly any meat at all. I may as well eat mayonnaise out of a jar. Back to my news article by the the Baltimore Sun. Uh, News about your feathered scaly ass uh, took a turn for the weird. You know, know, well, weird By the 70s, Maryland police led a search party in Sykesville, Maryland for what they referred to as a huge hairy monster. Said monster is what's known more colloquially as the Dwyo, which is apparently a hairy little son of a bitch who hatches out of Snallygaster eggs. Whoa, wowzers, do you spawn Bigfoots? All right, first off, Dwyo are the Snallygaster's mortal enemies. Second, Dwyo are wolf people, not Sasquatch, and not sexy wolf people like in Twilight. Third, how in the name of old bay seasoning could I spawn wolf people? I'm a dragon. I'm half reptile. I'm half bird. Have you ever taken a biology course? Was Alice T. Weinberg your fucking math teacher? Do you know how evolution works? Of course I know how evolution works. I've been playing Pokemon since red and blue. Thank you very much. Yeah, but, but what was your starter, though? Because I, you know, I think that says a lot about a person. Uh, Charmander. Easy. You? Mm, Squirtle, baby. Oh, boy, you think you know a guy. Well, I just played yellow. I mean, it has all the perks of red and blue, but you get Pikachu as a familiar. Get out of here. Yeah, we're done. All right. Yeah, well, wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. no, no, no. Come back, Snallyfield. Yeah, no, no. Damn, we're kidding. We're kidding. Fine, but y'all are both rude as fuck. Oh, we get that a lot. We sure do. Well, well hey, how about, uh, how about we deviate a short sec and talk about your impact in pop culture? I would love to. Did you know? The Snallygaster is a featured beastie in the MetaZoo trading card game? Uh, I sure did. Sarah actually sent out Snallygaster hunting certificates for anyone on Instagram who pulled the card. MetaZoo reps the Snallygaster, and the Snallygaster Museum reps MetaZoo. That's awesome. Snallygaster is actually one of the better cards, too. Of course. Who else would it be? Chessie? Much like the Hodag of Rhinelander, who is also a featured beastie in MetaZoo, you were inducted into J.K. Rowling's Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them in later editions, don't you know? A little late to the game, aren't they? Plus, the Snallygaster Museum is pro-LGBTQ+, and Rowling, not so much. So, while I appreciate the cryptid inclusion, it'd be nice if she supported human inclusion, too. You know, considering she is one, mostly. But furthermore, you were a kick-ass monster in Bethesda's definitively less-than-kick-ass Fallout 76. If Snallygaster's in it, then it's kick-ass as fuck. Uh... As fuck! Okay, damn! Yeah, damn okay. You're also the name of a Baltimore-based punk band. Glad to hear punk's not dead. Yeah, yeah and, and you're the titular inspiration of Snallygaster at Washington, D.C. Beer Fest. Weird that it's not in Maryland, but <laughs> Washington, D.C. Beer Fest, as well as a blended whiskey produced by Dragon Distillery. Yeah, about that, uh, the Snallygaster Museum actually regularly hosts whiskey tastings there, so you boys and your listeners should come check us out sometime. You exactly got to pull our leg uh, to, uh, when it comes to drinking, so count us in. Uh, heck yeah. Well, guys, it's been a fun, if not mildly insulting time with you here on the Tailgate Podcast, but I have a three-hour flight back to Frederick and tiny tentacled mouths to feed. Ah, Jeez, hate to see you go so soon. Anything you'd like to tell our listeners? No. Oh. All right. Well, be sure to follow us on Instagram <laughs> at the Tailgate Podcast. 
for pictures, cast info, updates, and more. And if you got any strange tales of your own, email your stories to detailgatepodcast at gmail.com. Also, check out our website, detailgatepodcast.com, for a full episode library, in-depth show notes, and transcripts. See you later, tailgaters. Thank you for joining us on this latest episode of the Tailgate Podcast. The Snallygaster was played by me, Sarah Cooper. You can follow me on Instagram at American Snallygaster Museum. You can check out my podcast, Manic Pixie Dream Ghouls. And if you're interested in my Twilight My Little Pony crossover fan fiction, you're going to have to directly message me. Aaron the Cheesehead is played by Aaron Sherry. You can check him out on his YouTube channel, So Can You, and on Instagram at Aaron Unabridged. Harrison, the Florida Man, is played by Harrison Foreman. Theme song performed by Matt Jones. This episode is written and edited by Harrison Foreman. <laughs>